Welcome back to Salt and Rock. Today we're going to talk about three friendships that we have as men. All three of these friendships are based on friendships that David had that really should shape the relationships that we have in our lives. So our first one today is going to be Nathan. Um, David and Nathan had a very, very impactful relationship. Um, It ended up spanning a lifetime, basically. Um, But our first encounter, I think, that we run into with Nathan is shortly after David's become the king of Israel and Judah, around the time that he decides that he wants to build the temple. Second uh, Samuel 7, 3 uh, is where it first comes up. David decides that he wants to build the temple. He goes to Nathan, the oracle, the prophet. He says, hey, I, you know, I live in a house of cedar, and God lives in a tent. Right. Um, not really driving with that. Not really. I want to build the temple. Right. I want to build this, this so majestic temple. So he approaches temple. David and says, I, I want to build this for God. Right. right. And, and this is important because of what happens next. Nathan is wholeheartedly supportive of him. Let's do it. Move forward with it. Let's let's start planning the temple. He goes home, and that night God gives him a dream and says, Nope. 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 Your sons are going to build my temple, but sorry, David. Yeah. It's not you. So this is a this is a big thing for Nathan's character for me. Because how many times have you said something told somebody, hey man, that's a great idea. I think you should do it. And then go home and you say God says, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> how hard is it to walk back up the next day and say, I missed the boat on that one? Right. I, I don't think you should it's do this. Not fun. <laughs> as as a man, right. It's probably the the hardest conversation that I can have with somebody close. Right. Hey. I wholeheartedly support you break, branching off and doing this new ministry. And then two days later, uh, I spoke before I prayed about it. Right. So um, it's it's a, a it's times. a thing with Nathan's character because I think that it shows that Nathan was diligent because he he had the steadfastness to come back and tell him. But also, it shows a little bit of um, early Nathan that he's not perfect either. Right. He kind of said, "Yeah, no, let's do it." And then got clarity. Whereas when we think of messengers for God, we typically think, well, I'm going to fast and pray and I'll give you an answer. And whereas Nathan just jumped on it. So um, that speaks to how how much respect Nathan had for David initially. True. But also uh, kind of touches a little bit on, hey, Nathan may not be as, as insightful as we think. Then it speaks to his character because he, he comes back and says, because when the Lord speaks, right, He actually listens. I, I was told, I was told that's not right. Even though I said yes, we need to take a step back. That's that's not an easy thing to do. It's it's not a common thing either. We're, well, it's easier to avoid. You know, I mean, nobody wants to get into that right. confrontation with a, a a good friend. You know, right? Hey, I was talking to so and so, and you know, they brought up some points that maybe we should consider. Because I'm I'm supportive of you doing this, right? But there's some things that that maybe we didn't think about. I mean, that's that's a way that a lot of us approach it. But in the Bible, Nathan just basically said, "No, no, God no, told me no. no you're no," <laughs> and that's um, that's big. So five years later, we're in war. The funny thing is that as David being a psalmist, if you look at his reign, I would consider David being a king of war. I would say a king of war. Um, that he can sing songs. Right. He has a he has a heart after God. He does. Um, the Bible says that. He was a, a war, wartime king. 
And I don't, I don't want to stay on David the whole time. We could do a whole ser- whole series on David if we wanted to. Right. And maybe we will at some point. But his reign is a lot of war. At this point, he's in a war, and he, for some reason, has all his generals, all his armies out. And he's back at home, hanging out. And he's chilling at the crib. Yep. So, Going up on the rooftop, you know, probably trying to come up with some songs, you know. And then across the way, pretty little lady bathing. Sometimes we allow distractions to come into play. And what was the next thing that he did? He, he sent out his, his advisors to go and find out who she was. So not only did he observe her, but he also pursued her, right? Right. But So he sent advisors to... Here's, and here's the thing that I pick up on this. It's easy for us to see something and say, oh, well, it was, it was heat of the moment. Right. This not not really the heat of the moment. Uh, when we talk about her bathing on the rooftop, it, it has to do with a menstruation cycle and a cleanliness thing. And so it, it, this wasn't the day of. He didn't say... Oh, my, my loinists burn. Right. And I'm going <laughs> to hop a couple rooftops. No. It was premeditated. There's a time that you had to cool down and you went out of your way to pursue this. Right. Um, which I think speaks a lot to I'm the king. And I'm a man. The king gets what I what the king wants. Right. Which is what we do as men. Right. So once again, not trying to stay on David, but just setting the background story for where Nathan steps in. Looking at it from that point of view, um, Nathan gets told a dream of a man that has, you know, that steals the last guy's sheep or, or goat, but he steals an animal from him and kills that animal. because, And he's got a lot of animals. And David says, he's that guy should die. And Nathan's like, you're that guy. <laughs> right. So, to, so the rich man has a lot of sheep mm-hmm. or a lot of sheep. Um, and he takes the only you from, from a poor man. From a poor man. And, um, uh, what was David's response to that? Yeah, David says uh, he tells Nathan that, oh, that that's that's wrong, and that and and that rich man should have to give the poor man four ewes. And then he turns right around and he says, actually, he should die. And that's when Nathan says, well, you're the rich man in this story. Yeah, he's you know? he says that who would do such a thing? Directly from the scripture, David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. So that's Second Samuel twelve five through six, um, and then Nathan's response was, "That's you, yeah, that's you. You're you're the rich man in this story." So when you look at this interaction, it's easy for us to sit here and say these are two guys. We know that they had a relationship because five years ago right. they've already had a discussion. Yeah. So it's not hard for me to come to you, Britain. I'm going to give you this parable. And when you accept that this guy's wrong, then I'm going to tell you it's you. But, now, now let's let's put you on a throne as a king, and you could have right. me murdered. Right. So I could take your life for coming to me and telling me this story because I'm the king. Right. And I, but I don't because I trust you to bring something to me. Right. Right. Well, in fact, they're in that Nathan not only knows this and knows he's his king, but he's seen him murder someone. Right. Like, like not by his own hand, but arranged it. Yeah. That speaks to, one, how important the relationship is, even more so how important the relationship it is with God because he trusts God to protect him. He does. And he trusts God that it's the thing that he needs to do regardless. You know, a lot like the three boys in the in the fiery furnace, even if you don't, 
I trust you. Even if, even if David wants to hide his sin because he didn't, because he repented last time, yep. but maybe he doesn't this time and he's going to murder me. I'm still going to tell him. Right. So, I mean, Nathan knew that he had committed adultery. He knew that he set up her husband to die. Nathan knew every bit of this entire story. Right. When he brought it back to David's attention and said, you were caught. <laughs> right. So what does that mean as far as uh, Nathan and David's friendship? If if you had to compare that, because we've talked about allies, we've talked about accountability, we've talked about mentors, where would you where, where would you put that on on the scale there? What would you if you could classify David's David and Nathan's friendship? What would you call it? I would say they were close close allies that would rela- would, would lay their life down for the other man, like right. literally put their life in harm's way to save him. I mean, as in, I am. Every bit of you as much as you are of yourself. Right. So a ride or die. They're going to be there regardless of what happens. They're, I know that I can count on them. Right. They're going to be there. So that one of the things that I put in my notes, speak truth even when it's difficult to hear. Right. And that's what Nathan did consistently. The thing that, that really caught my attention in, in reading about Nathan and reading about this relationship is that um, we have this view nowadays of... You know, uh, you've got pastors and you've got, you know, um, kings and you whatever. And we talked about kings and priests last right. week. So my initial thought on this when I first, because we've all heard the Nathan story, maybe not in detail for years. My initial thing was, well, he was a priest, but he wasn't the high priest. No. So he wasn't the one that communed with God in the tent because this was pre-temple, so it would have been in the tent. He w- didn't have access to the Holy of Holies. He didn't go, get to go past the curtain and have that communion, that fellowship with God right. after the sacrifice. He's just an oracle. Just so, yep. so we're talking like in the church hierarchy of the day. Like I go to a big church, right? We have lead pastors, we have senior pastors, and then we have associate pastors that aren't called associate pastors. And I apologize to all my all my pastors. They're the pastoral team, but. There's the hierarchy. The hierarchy. Right. Basically, the lead pastor is the face, and if anything happens, it's gonna it's, it's going gonna be him. their face that the eggs on, um, him and her in our case, right. Jake and Chantal. Um, but you have these other these other pastors that are serving in different roles, and they all work together as a team. But the the big name that everybody knows is the senior pastor. Zadok. In this case, right. Zadok's the high priest, and so he's the one that is going in behind the curtain. But that's not who God is using. Right. He's using Nathan here because of the relationship, because he's open to listen. And I'm sure that Zadok would have been too. But right. Nathan has that close, intimate ally role. He does. So it works for him. And that speaks a lot to what God does with us because he's not always going to use your lead pastor to touch somebody. Not. He's going to use you. He's going to use your closest so, to you. Right. Right. And he's going to use people that are going to, that will call you out on your stuff. Right? right, so so they know you so intimately that they are willing to step into that that void in your life and call you out on your stuff, right? Because that's that's the role you put them in. You've right. put that friend in your life because you have trust and confidence in them. Exactly. And from there, you're going to receive from them the good and the bad. Exactly. Because they're going to know your stuff. Right. Read your mail. Right. I went to church with a guy that used to say, "Man, he can read my mail." <laughs> I'm like refrigerator rights, even. I mean, right. you know, soul rights, right? You know, so, um, so then after this, we uh, we don't hear a lot about the Nathan to David relationship. I don't, 
I don't for a second believe that there weren't a ton of other things going on, you know, other interactions, other times that David and Nathan um, are around each other. There's just not anything that is listed uh, until right before David passed away, passes away. So I wrote ages down, and these are approximate because as you go through different sources, you can kind of find timelines. But when uh, when Nathan and David first met, David was probably around somewhere between 42 and 50, right shortly after he had become king of both Israel and Judah. Um, then we said five years later, so the Bathsheba incident, um, he was probably 47 to 53, um, okay. somewhere in there. And then we're talking years later, David 70 minimum, right? Right. His son, for those Bible scholars out there, I'm going to apologize in advance, um, <laughs> Adonijah, however you want to pronounce it, we're going to call him, we're going to call him Addy for Addy, our purposes. For here. our purposes. So um, his son, Addy, decides that he's going to be king. David's on his deathbed. He has no energy. He's laying right. around. They they bring a virgin in, which, you know, old times. They bring a virgin in to lay with him to keep him warm. It says he didn't sleep with her. If you go back and look at David's life, that's a that's a big feat. That's a big feat. So he didn't feel well. Addy goes out in First Kings 1. He goes out. He throws his big feast. He's going to declare himself king. He brings all of the brothers except Solomon. He brings all of the priests, yep. all of except the oracles, Nathan. except Nathan, yep. and all of the other wives and all of those except Bathsheba. Yep. So David has no idea. He's laying on his deathbed. Somebody's going to basically usurp him. I'm going to I'm going to be king. Yep. King's just not take dead. Over. I'm just going to take over. Yep. And so Bathsheba and Nathan talk and she they says get together. She says David made a vow to me that my son Solomon would be the next king. I'm pretty sure that Nathan said God told me Solomon was going to build the temple. Right. Exactly. So Let's go back. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about this. Right. So Bathsheba goes in and, and tells David what's going on. It says, didn't you promise me this vow? And then Nathan comes in, a man of honor, talking to his friend. Trusted and says, friend, ally. Says, your son is declaring himself king. Is right. this what you want? Because even at this point, he's, he's going to support David. If he says, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Then he probably would have done the temple thing again and said, well, okay. That's what you want to do? And then the next day, nope, God said no. No, no. But he didn't. He said, no, Solomon should Solomon be king. Is building, yeah. And so Nathan and David go out while everybody else of importance. Is that a party? Is that a party celebrating a new king? Yep. Nathan risks his life to anoint a new king. Right. Which is huge. So let's go In against the crowd. Age. Right. Let's yeah. totally go upstream. So now we have <laughs> we have Nathan who doubled down. After, and admitted he was wrong, then called his friend out, yep. even though it was a really hard conversation. Life or death. And now put his neck on the line again. Again. Help his friend do what he said, what he made a vow to do. So yeah. uh, from there, and you can see through this, through Nathan's whole life, he's he's blessed. He's he's involved in David's reign the entire time. Once David passes on the throne to Solomon, he's an advisor to Solomon. One of the Sources that I read said that um, Solomon had two seats, one on each side of his throne. One was Nathan, the oracle. Uh, the other one was Gad the seer, who Gad the seer comes from a lineage that was one of the 12 tribes. Um, Gad was a son of Jacob. So um, yeah. Nathan not only is the oracle and the spiritual guide to one king, but also to his next son. So, right. you know, you, you see this kind of tied up in a nice bow at the end of um, In Kings. 
how Nathan has been blessed by God for for being true and being honest. Being uh, honest with your friend. And I think as as men, we need to live that same virtuous life. So one of the things that we kind of skipped over, but was uh, I think it's integral in this whole process is that so David and Bathsheba's child that was conceived through sin, God struck that child down. Right. And uh, Bathsheba and David named one of their sons after Nathan. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's an honorary thing. I mean, you've right. got a guy that has spoke up to you, put his life on the line, called you out on your stuff, and you're still like, I'm going to name my son after you. Right. You're pretty amazing. That's him. You're so important to me right. that I'm going to name my child after you. Yeah. In those days, he could have had him killed at any moment right. that he wanted to. Right. Which was pretty common. I mean, Saul uh, was hunting David everywhere he went. Which we'll talk more about later. So um, now that we've now that we've broken the, the ground on, on this relationship, uh, you want to spill the beans on the next two friendships that we... We talked about Nathan. So three friends in your life that you want to have are going to be Jonathan, Samuel, and Nathan. So the next two that we'll cover is Jonathan and Samuel. Right. So um, the... The way I like to look at those three friendships, um, and we kind of touched on it here. We we spoke to it, but we probably didn't didn't drive it home. But um, Nathan would have been David's ally, definitely. Um, the other two, uh, we'll go into more depth, and we'll talk about what relationships those would be. But uh, we've talked a lot about ally, allies. That's why I wanted to start with Nathan uh, because it's it's the the core of what we need to be what we need to have as men hit that ally to have somebody that is not afraid to come to us right. when you know in your stuff doing dumb stuff. Right. So um it's being stupid. Find you a friend like Nathan. Thanks for joining us this week on Salt and Rock. We really hope that you enjoyed the material that we brought for you today. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. 